for the history books. The issue is the January 6th committee. And the question is, what is a more effective messaging approach for the committee? Anti-Trump or pro-democracy? Welcome to Political Playlist. <laughs> All right. Are we ready, guys? Happy hour. Happy, Happy hour. hour. <laughs> that up so God. Welcome to Political Playlist Happy Hour. I'm Michael Kristoff. I'm Anna Muskie-Goldwyn. And I am Anthony Barquette. <laughs> and look at him just runway walking his way into the yeah. frame. Uh, runway ready. Cheers, uh, everybody. Are cheers. we on April train April spritz here? I have a cup of tea. Ooh. What in God's Sorry. name? Wow. Unsubscribe? Uh, gang, we are here today. We're talking about the primetime January 6th committee hearings. Anna, do you want to give us the question that you asked again? What is a more effective messaging approach for the January 6th committee? Anti-Trump or pro-democracy? I, I think before we get into anything, we just have to mention what a voice Benny Thompson has. Oh, yeah. I mean, can this guy do my voicemail and also read me a story? So I was watching the hearings while I was on a spin bike on my phone. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. I will say I burned a lot of calories. Oh. I feel like his like opening remarks, which lasted about half an hour, I was like, yeah. yeah. You're telling me he could be a soul cycle. He boy. totally could. I mean, it would be a very, it would be a very specific audience that <laughs> nah, would like ladies respond. move those. I think this could be a million dollar business here. Can I can I just mention like what great TV we have going on related to January 6th? And then we just finished with the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. I don't know. I feel like one of the most divisive things about this is going to be sort of the production value of all of it. Of because I do think that you looked at the way that those videos were put together and compiled and the way that the timelines were and they had those like animations of the Capitol building. I think that it does have an entertainment value. I think it also is obviously meant to explain things really clearly, which I think it did. Yeah. So much of what we were watching was like a very calm, very methodical outlining of the timeline and sequence of events in a way that I don't think has ever been presented to the public in that clear of a fashion before. Well, I think Liz Cheney just going through like her list of this is what we'll show every single day. It was like a table of contents. They are in a very important position here in terms of presenting it. Yep. And, and like Anna, what you just said, like not dramatizing it and making it this whole you know, TV show, which YouTube yeah. probably like better. Yeah. You know, ratings, but, baby. Ratings. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, no. And I hope it makes it where this doesn't get so political because I will be the first person who says this, which will make this political. But if you do not believe that what happened on the Capitol was some form of an insurrection, I'm sorry, but something's not right up here. Yeah, that was a full on riot going on at right. the most important building in our in our nation. Well, and just to jump in on that, to bring one person in that we cover, Byron Donald's he went on MSNBC and said squarely that this was not an insurrection. He condemned what happened. He said none of those people had a right to be there. The violence obviously was nothing that he supported or felt was valid, but he answered very squarely that it was not an insurrection. I thought the strongest moments of all of this were firsthand account testimonies, yeah. right? Particularly from the female Capitol Cop, police yeah. officer. I couldn't help but see the irony in the fact that, you know, so many of these people who were 
began protesting and then turned to rioting and then evolved into insurrection. They were all the people waving the Blue Lives Matter flags during all of the George Floyd protests and whatnot. And yet here they are attacking Capitol Police officers and sort of showing that complete disregard for law enforcement. You know, we talk about, okay, well, it's hard to, it's hard to not politicize this issue, but I think you have to, in order to get to the heart of, you know, what it is, which is these were all members of the Republican Party who, albeit a far wing of the party, but nevertheless, a wing that the party has to own. Liz Cheney, I thought, had a very powerful line in in one of her statements. She said to my fellow Republicans, Mm -hmm. Donald Trump will be long gone someday, but your dishonor will remain. And I feel like that speaks to the need for the Republican Party to do a lot of self-examination right now and figure out where they want to be as a party. I also think it's important to mention, because someone was asking me about this, about there was an effort by not just Democrats, but some Republicans to try to get an extra governmental uh, group to form an investigative committee of January, the January 6th attacks. Like Lindsey Graham was in support of that. And then basically Kevin McCarthy and other Trump allies, specifically in the House, said that they would not support a non-governmental committee to investigate this. And so that is when Democrats basically said, well, then we're going to do one inside Congress because that's the only way to do it. We have three members of our platform on the committee, two Democrats, uh, Stephanie Murphy, Pete Aguilar, and one Republican, Adam Kinzinger. Michael, I have to say, multiple people have said to me, they're like, God, Michael's really obsessed with that Adam Kinzinger. <laughs> Total, I have an absolute broner for Adam Kinzinger. Bro, heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. He's got my vote. I'm going to um, I'm gonna post that on Instagram. <laughs> Quote from Michael, I have an yeah. absolute broner for Adam Kinzinger. You know, you you asked this question about is the is the more effective messaging approach to go after Trump and make this an anti-Trump thing or to go after democracy and make this a pro-democracy? Um, what do you guys think of that? I guess let me just put some context behind why I'm asking this question. Okay. Specifically because Stephanie Murphy is a Democrat from Florida very centrist Democrat. She was the head of something called the Blue Dog Coalition, which is a group of centrist Democrats in the House. She's also not running for re-election because her district became a lot more conservative and she was facing a lot of attacks from people within her own party, but also obviously from the other side. And then Pete Aguilar is the number six Democrat in the House. So he's part of the Democratic leadership. He is essentially in charge of a lot of Democratic messaging. And so his role on the committee is very much about how do we message this hearing as Democrats in a very anti-Trump way, in a way that kind of can galvanize Democrats against Trumpism as it relates to January 6th, whereas Stephanie Murphy, who's much more centrist, is maybe not as loyal to the messaging arm of her party and has been Mm. critical, actually, of the messaging arm of her party, is an immigrant from a refugee from Vietnam, came from a communist country, has some legs to stand on here in really trying to portray her role on this committee as one that is not quite as anti-Trump, but much more about the threat that this insurrection posed to our democracy. Do you guys know how this is going to go about in terms of uh, all the people they've already interviewed? Are they going to be coming in public and interviewing again? 
some of them will be there in person and then some of them, they will just be playing video of um, okay. the testimonies they gave yeah. prior, like they did last night. Okay. Cause I, I remember seeing there were testimonies. I think yeah. the Trump was up to the testimony of the Capitol police officer who got knocked unconscious. That to me was a much more pro-democracy testimony and witness, right. not talking about Trump talking about, I mean, she described it as like not being trained for combat. And yeah, that, that is, I don't know, personally, I feel like the Bill Barr testimony, Ivanka's agreeing with Bill Barr's testimony, mm -hmm. those things were sort of like, ooh, you know, interesting. Yeah. But I don't think that they were as, um, to me at least, effective as some of the video of what literally Trump flags aside, what felt like true right. chaos and the danger that the act itself posed. The Capitol police officer who spoke to, I, I felt like she hadn't been in the news before. Correct. Not that I had, yeah, I mean, maybe I she was, really but not that I had known. No, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to just say, I thought her testimony was like, yeah, very emotional. Like it hit me to your question, Anna. I feel like the answer is both. Mm -hmm. that it has to be anti-Trump as well as pro-democracy. And I think the two go hand in hand. Here's why. What is becoming clearer and clearer, particularly after watching the two hours of the first committee hearing, is that the tip of this spear really is Donald Trump. You know, you can agree with his policies. You can agree with the direction he wanted to take the country and still identify that he displayed very unfit qualities to serve as commander in chief. And I think part of the, the task that I think Liz Cheney is, is taking upon herself is to distinguish those two. You know, lest we not forget, Liz Cheney voted something like 98 percent of the time in line with Trump. Mm -hmm. And and yet here she is so very much, you know, upholding what she believes is her constitutional duty in in getting to the bottom of, of what led to this. And I think that the more the evidence comes out, testimonies like from Bill Barr, like General Milley, yeah. Ivanka, Jared, others, it, it's becoming very clear that Donald Trump is, in fact, at the center of this, whether or not he's criminally liable is an entirely right. other matter. But the well, facts I think, remain, he's he's the tip of this spear. When if people didn't watch the whole thing, which like obviously people aren't as weird as we are, so they probably didn't. <laughs> yeah. But there was but a hot the game on too, a little conflict. <laughs> the yeah. very end of it um, was sort of literally, I mean, like a teaser of what's yeah. to come of some of the insurrectionists who have been charged and pleaded guilty. Right basically saying like, I did this because Trump told me to. To your right. point, what is interesting about it needing to be both, I think something that people might not know that is important is that every person on this committee was selected. They did not apply for this position. They There wasn't sort of like a process of, you know, people jockeying to, to get in and be able to say the thing or whatever. And it certainly wasn't chosen because these are the most like known or popular members of Congress. Like even Benny right. Thompson, I didn't know who he was. Yeah. You know, like, so, so people just should understand that. And what that I think means as it specifically relates to someone like Stephanie Murphy or Pete Aguilar is that Nancy Pelosi, who was the one in charge of this selection process, 
put them each on this committee for a very specific reason. People like Liz Cheney and Adam Schiff are so polarizing to so many people that the committee mm-hmm. would benefit from hearing from the, the unknowns who right. I think in our case are Stephanie Murphy and Pete Aguilar. Yeah. I think you ask most people who don't follow, who don't, who don't follow political playlists or even people who do follow political playlists might be like, Oh yeah. Who's that again? Mm-hmm. And so you know, to your point about Great helping point. make the case and message, you know, to the people who are unsure of how best to look at this. Or who don't see the connections or do, exactly. that are being put forth. Right. Yeah. But I think that what we can tell you is that Stephanie Murphy was not only a refugee from Vietnam, but she also worked as a national security specialist in the Defense Department. Right. So and what she did is she specifically analyzed and was involved in um, emerging democracies around the world, which come directly from her experience as a Vietnamese refugee. So just, I think that what is important, especially because this committee is so small is if you're watching this and you maybe have mixed feelings about the politicization of it, look up the person who is speaking, you know, we can tell you more about Stephanie and Pete. There are other members of the committee and Adam, I can tell you about Adam. Michael can literally tell you anything you want to know about yeah. Adam Kinzinger. All right, guys. Happy, happy hour. Cheers. We'll end on that. Cheers. All right, hold on. Do we got to do it in sync? Cheers. Cheers. Oh, my mug looks so sad. 